week's episode of Two Man Scramble. Tom and Jasper preview the 2020 U.S. Open at Wingfoot. They give you a little bit of the course history and their picks for the 2020 U.S. Open. Please, guys, hit that subscribe button below and check us out at betteredgeanalytics.com. On to the pod. Welcome, 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 everybody, to episode one of a new podcast, a Better Edge production. Shout out to the folks at Better Edge Analytics, our dear, dear friends, uh, who I may be involved with, I don't know. Uh, But our friends over at Better Edge Analytics have let us run here with a little golf podcast. So we are getting things rocking and rolling with two-man scramble. I am your host, Thomas Panzella, and I will be joined every single week of this golf season with my good pal Jasper Lieberman. Jazzy, how are you and also how excited are you to start this golf venture from now until next year's tour championship? It's going to be a long and windy road, my friend, but you know, we've talked about doing something like this for a long time. Um and I couldn't be more excited, man. It's uh it's something I truly love doing and you know, hopefully we can uh, make some people some money and Get people on the right track and have them sweating on Sundays with us. There is nothing more fun than sweating on a Sunday, finding where to hedge, what what way to get action in. There's nothing better than Sunday golf, and there's no better tournament to kick off two-man scramble than the 2020 U.S. Open at Wingfoot in Mamaroneck. Mamaroneck. Queued up, it's the most wonderful time of the year because this <laughs> truly is my favorite tournament of every golf season. The U.S. Open and the rough has already looked hellacious through some of the Instagrams and pictures you've seen of people just throwing balls and where it's going to end up. It is looking mighty, mighty nasty right now. Uh, Wingfoot, a par 70. We'll play 74-77. There's 144 people in this field. And the last time the U.S. Open was held at Wingfoot, 2006, Jeff Ogilvie winning that because Phil Mickelson doubled 18. Absolutely hilarious. Colin Montgomery switched his club. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the uh, there is uh, some history here at Wingfoot. Uh, Jazz, you know a little bit more about the golf course. What are you expecting the course to play this week? It's going to play hard, man. So I was, I was actually, uh, me and my dad were there in 2006 on that Sunday for the blow-up. Um, couldn't get too close to 18 as it was just a madhouse. But, you know, you look back at 20, 2006, um, the course played at 74.99, which is five strokes over par. It was the hardest course on tour in 2006. Um, so I think that says something. And, you know, coming into this this weekend, we've seen the videos, we've seen the tweets, Arnold Palmer, 24-ounce cans hiding in the rough. You know, we got some cold weather coming um, but yeah, man, just, you know, a quick walk through the course, you know, in the previous podcast, um, before the tour championship, we were talking about how those fairways were narrow, Oh yeah, you know, driver off the tee, the accuracy is going to play a big part. And we were discussing how 27 to 28 yards wide is crazy. Well, this week we're looking at about 19 to 23. Um, we got Poana greens, you know, which are a nightmare for a lot of the guys on tour. 
You know, when you can pull up statistics of guys that don't perform well on a specific type of grass, you know that that comes into play. Um, it's 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 going to be a nightmare. You know, we Jeff Ogilvy was just quoted saying that uh, these greens are treacherous. First green on the first hole here, he says, is probably the hardest green in the world. Severely pitched. You got balls running front to back, back to front. And you have rough so long that, you know, if you're outside of the fairway holding the rough or holding the green, I'm sorry, is going to be next to impossible. Big important thing this week to look at is uh, these fairways, seven seven of them favor draws. Okay. So when you're looking at who to play on an outright, you know, that was something that popped out to me. You know, the Rory Zanders, Reeds, Fleetwoods, even some of the lefties, Phil and Bubba, you know, you make it, you make find some value in those guys, given that, you know, the course does shape well for guys that draw the ball. It's going to, dude, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a wild week. I'm excited it for it. More. It's great. You get the tour championship and then not often after, I mean, actually never do you get not the second major of the year after the tour championship. So normally, you know, the golf season's over. It's done. No, 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 my friend. We get the U.S. Open this month, and then obviously uh, again in November we have the Masters. Cannot wait for that. I wonder how that course is going to shape up. So this course playing fast, playing quick, uh, certainly uh, to favor people who can hit it straight and keep it in the fairway. Uh, if you end up in the rough, it could be brutal for a lot of people. A lot of people are just going to try to pitch out, get their bogey, and get out of there at that point. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the key stats I actually, you know, we'll talk about it in a bit, but one of the key stats I was looking at is strokes gain approach 75 to 100 yards. Um, just because my thinking is you're going to have a lot of guys, you know, playing from the rough back out to the fairway so they can at least give themselves a shot to put some spin on it and hold the green. So, you know, when you're looking at guys, you know, proximity to the hole or strokes gain approach from 200 yards, there's really no reason to even focus on that stuff, given what this course is shaping up to be. Yeah, this course is is fast. It is treacherous. It is getting wild. And as we, you know, there are 144 players who get the opportunity to play this fantastic course. Uh, Dustin Johnson coming off being elected player, PGA Tour player of the year is the favorite. Yeah, dominated, man. Uh, at plus 850, he had three wins this year, including the Tour Championship in runaway fashion, just dominating performances uh, to end the stretch throughout the playoffs. He could have had one more. I mean... If Rom doesn't sink a 66-footer, it's very possible he has one more. Dude, I, you know what was funny? We were just talking about that putt because all of a sudden it came to my attention that if Rom doesn't make that putt, I think JT starts in his position in the tour championship. Yeah. And then we have a tie. I believe DJ and JT would have ended up tied and we would have had a playoff. So that's 60 footer. <laughs> that's some crazy Change stuff. How it all like works. Butterfly effect. <laughs> so DJ and Rom are the two favorites right now. DJ plus eight fifty, Rom plus 900. All of your lines here. We're getting from the DraftKings sports book here in America. Uh, they're just the most widely uh, accessible lines for everybody to get. Uh, we can get them here in New Jersey. Uh, you can bet them in New Jersey, um, and there are other outlets. You can uh, you can shop your lines as well. So a bunch of the winners, and then there's a small drop-off after that. JT, Xander, Morikawa, Rory between 14 and 18 to 1. Webb, DeChambeau uh, next in that 25-28 range. And then you got Berger, Day, Reed, Cantley. Uh, Fleetwood, Matsuyama, all the way up into the 30s and then onward and upward there. 
Jazz. The... I would listen. Keep in mind. I mean, I was looking at it going back ten years. Yeah. The average odds on the winner over those ten years forty three to one. Don't be afraid to to look in the middle of the pack or beyond. I mean, there were a couple eighty to one. Gary was eighty to one last year. He was. And Gary looked how well Gary's and playing. He is again this year. I don't understand that. So I, you know, I wouldn't focus, you know, solely on those top dogs there. Uh, well, well, we do have. So we want to introduce this to the people this year. So Jasper and I are going to be keeping a running year-long bankroll to see how each of us are doing with your golf play, so you know whether to hop on the train when one of us gets hot or fade away, which more times than not, uh, you can hop on me for that. I'm, I'm good for a mush or two here and there. So we are each going to start out with 100 units in our bankroll, uh, and we are going to place our bets for the week. Now, we are not limiting ourselves to anything, so if there are you know a few outrights or there's a lot of outrights you want to play, we strongly encourage you playing whatever you want. We're going to be playing our favorite things. I know I'm not going to have the same amount of outrights every week as Jasper. I may have more matchups one week than another, and Jazz may have more props. Who knows? We are just trying to uh, give you guys as much information where we see the value for the golf tournament this weekend. And like we said before, there's no better tournament to get this kicked off than the 2020 U.S. Open at Wingfoot. So, Jazz, we're going to get things rocking and rolling here. Obviously, we're talking about all the lines and everything like that. What? How many bets do you have this week? And give me uh, a little flavor of where the action's going. Okay, so, you know, before this, we started talking about how many plays we got made me take a look back at, at what I wanted to do. And I ended up with uh, a total of nine plays. Wow. We got four outrights, four matchups, and one prop bet. I have, yeah, we, we, so, and what I'm doing for this opening week is I will, over those nine plays, be risking six units. Okay. Tops. Yeah, we don't, we, we do want to preach bankroll management as well. Just because you have 100 units doesn't mean you want to blow 30 or 40 of them here. Like we said, guys, we've got a lot. We've got 50 golf tournaments this year, Jazz. We got to yeah, make sure. I don't sh- need to be bankrupt after the first. So, exactly. You know, We're not, so just, yeah. Uh, let's get by the, as I say, you just got to chip away. Wonderful. All right. So, Jazz has got all those. So, for me as well, I have, I have 11 bets this week. I have a couple prop, I have a couple props, a couple matchups, and I have seven outrights. I think with all of these tourney lines, with how big so many players are, like you said, Gary Woodland's at eighty to one. Guys like that, he won it last year. He's coming back. He's still eighty to one. It doesn't make sense. There's so many long odd guys. I want to at least you know put a little sprinkle on and see if we can't get lucky at least for a hedge spot on Sunday. Those are always fun. So my first prop is probably not going to be a very popular one. I don't care. It is Tiger Woods. Oh, I know where you're going. Tiger Woods not to make the cut at plus one seventy. One seventy. Yeah. Tiger. I have faded Tiger every step of the FedEx playoffs. He has. He is just not in good form. It is. It's. It's terrible. I hate it. I, nobody loves rooting for Tiger more than us. He's fantastic. He's one of the reasons I'm as big a golf fan as I am. However, he's just not playing well right now. He's he's struggling. The driver is as wayward as it could be. He's not hitting irons as well as he used to. And his putter is, is very touch and go right now. I have faded Tiger in matchups. And if the driver is as bad as it's been lately, I him in this rough is going to be a nightmare. And I can only imagine what happens. As much as we love Tiger, 
I don't see it happening right now. He's going to take a bunch of time off, get himself ready for Augusta. I have Tiger Woods not making the cut at plus 170, and I have a half unit on that play. So it's, uh, was it, one point, uh, point 0.5 to win 0.85? Gotcha. Yeah, and I mean, I, I took a look at that as well. I knew the odds because I, I was just scrolling over it. I, I, I've got to say I'm probably with you on that. Um, you know, the weather, I know it's cliche and you hear it everywhere, but we're looking at, you know, mornings in the 40s, his back, his knees, how, how's the weather going to treat him? Um, I also do think this track is, you know, a bear, you know, yeah. going with the, the rough there, it's going to wear on you. And like you said, I couldn't agree more. I think his main focus at this point is Augusta. I think over these next three to five, that's probably his best bet every year at winning a major. hundred percent. Um, I kind of liked him going into Harding park. I liked the layout for him there, but you know, I, I do, I, I really think Augusta is going to continue to be his best bet year in, year out at, at getting, catching Jack. My prop, my one prop Ooh, okay. um, is, is kind of focused on what I believe the course, you know, how it'll play this weekend. And my, my, my one prop is a plus 250 winning margin one stroke. Okay. Um, I think I think that coming down the road on Sunday, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a log jam if it's playing as hard as I think it's going to. You know, you, you see USO opens like Shinnecock, it's, you know, plus one, plus two, plus three. Um, went back and looked at a few more. You know, I think it was three out of the last six have ended with uh, a one-stroke lead. So, you know, at plus 250, it's, you know, I, I did 0.5, yeah, half unit. And uh, just hoping that we have a nice tight race here on Sunday afternoon. I like that a lot. Uh, the, I mean, you, I'm sure you're going to be getting, and the best part, I'm sure you're going to be getting a lot of wild, uh, fun things happening on Sunday. But the best part about a U.S. Open is when there's so many, you know, bogey holes or doubles, how fast, you know, scores exactly. can get put up. You know, things can change. And it's, you can go from one well, up to three back. Drive, you're, now, you're now almost hoping, you know, Par is great. Bogey yeah. is not bad. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Excellent. So I have my last prop is a nationality prop. Ooh. Yeah. So we are taking Mackenzie Hughes. Top Canadian. I like it. To be the top Canadian at plus 163. So like it, it. it's him. It's Corey Connors. It's Adam Hadwin and Taylor Pendrich. Pendrich was playing on the Corn Ferry last week. So this is a big step up for him. Uh, Hadwin has just not been striking the ball as well as he once had. And Corey Connors is very touch and go. I really like Mackenzie Hughes' putting. I think he's one of the better putters on tour. And I think at a course like Wingfoot, you can really, uh, if you can harness the putter, it can really help you out here. So at plus 163, we're going to take Mackenzie Hughes for a full unit, one unit to win 1.63. There's only four Canadians in the field. Uh, but I do like Mackenzie Hughes at a slight plus, plus number, plus 163. Those are my two props, Jazzy. I love the prop. The golf you know, props. I was actually looking at a, uh, a nationality prop. Um, you'd have to lay a little juice if you're willing to. This isn't on my selection, but, you know, top top Japanese-born player, I think Matsi. You know, with the other three basically being names that I don't even recognize. I I, I know Roe Ishikawa. I've heard of him yeah. before. 
and he is what plus six hundred. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Matsi is probably the clear favorite there, and in my opinion, should likely be more than minus two twenty-five. Uh, he's only going up against three other Japanese players. Um, but again, that is not on my list. <laughs> it is. It is a little, little bit of juice. Little juice. It is a little will. juice. All right. Um, Go my ahead, next Jeff. play. I'm going to jump to one of my outrights. Ooh. Okay. It's, How many outrights do you have? So I have four. This oh. one is a half unit play. It is a safety play. It is simply me taking my fake 100 units and saying, "Let's just do this for fun." Mm-hmm. This man has finished the last four tournaments: second, first, second, first. Okay. Could have been second, first, first, first. Yeah. Um. You know, it's Dustin Johnson at eight to one. And I just, it's not like I'm laying juice on him. I just think that he's a safety net. Jazz. It's hard to argue the form that he is currently in, that he is not going to be able to get around this course. I mean, there's nothing to me that I've seen that's like, oh, well, you know, people are like, oh, there's a trend. You know, only once has the world number one won the U.S. Open in the last 16 years. Well, that was 2008 Tiger Woods. You know who currently is probably playing better than 2008 Tiger Woods? Dustin Johnson. Yeah. You want to know what's really funny, Jazz? I also have a half unit play on Dustin Johnson at plus 850. Because why wouldn't you? So, it's, it's, I mean, it just doesn't make sense not to. Exactly. It, the guy has shown that he can play hard courses. He's shown he has the short game now. His putter has been on fire. I mean, his accuracy to the fairways. This dude is so cocky on the tee sometimes that it's it's almost intimidating to the other guys because he's hitting the ball center cut fairway not even thinking twice about it and like i was saying at the start of this if you can give yourself shots from the fairway to these greens that's how you're going to win this staying out of the rough and if he if he's even close within three or four strokes on sunday that's only going to help your hedge value too because he's still going to be very low at any point, if he's within a couple strokes, and it's going to bump other guys' values up, so it just gives you a great spot to hedge. Quick mm. stat about fifty-four hole leaders. Um, after fifty-four holes, eight of the last ten winners have sat in either first or second through fifty-four holes, five of which in first place. Wow! So it's something to think about, especially on a course like this. You know, if if you're going to have to make guys go out and try and shoot a 66 67 at Wingfoot this weekend that's, that's tough man so you know that's something to think about it certainly is all right so we have both given one of our uh plays our outrights both of us having the same thing dj we want to we want to stress we haven't spoken none of us knows each other's plays before we go into Correct, this yeah. we don't talk about it so it's just it's just very ironic that both of us happen to have the same play but like we said it both really makes sense i'm gonna go to my first matchup i've got two matchups and six more outrights i'm gonna bunch a couple of the outrights together uh given the the odds range so my first matchup i'm gonna be taking tony finau minus 134 against ricky fowler i can't tell you the last time i have heard ricky fowler's name on a golf course in a golf tournament he has not played well for a very very long time whereas tony finau has played borderline exceptional uh, he has seemed to be the bride a lot of the times at these, or the, what is the term I'm looking for, Jasper? Like, always the bridesmaid. The bridesmaid. Yes, he is always the bridesmaid, finishing second or third or having the 54-hole lead, shooting 66 at the PGA, but Morikawa shooting 64 and just 
being incredible and hitting unbelievable shots. So it's Tony Fina has been playing really, really well. Ricky Fowler has not been playing really well. If Ricky gets wild off the tee like he has been, you know, for a pretty good while now, I can't see him getting out of this rough and and, and playing well. Finau has played much better. I trust Finau more right now. So at minus 134, I'm going to lay a full unit, Tony Finau, to beat Ricky Fowler this week. Jasper. Okay, if you're going to go full unit matchup, I guess I will too. Um, This guy is one of my outrights later on. I have a lot to say about him. He might be my favorite play of the weekend and also my least favorite player of all time. Oh, no. Ian Poulter? It's Patrick Reed. Oh. <laughs> it's Patrick Reed, and I am doing a full unit play, Patrick Reed over Patrick Cantlay at minus 118. Um, Patrick Reed coming into this in exceptional form. You know, I got a, a bit of information that I'll, I'll throw out there during the outrights. Patrick Cantlay is not. Yeah. Um, Patrick Cantlay is kind of becoming a bit like a Ricky Fowler in which week in, week out, we've been hearing his name. This is the new up-and-coming kid. He's in the mix every now and then. Other weeks, he's not nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Um, a course like this, a guy that struggled. I was you know, looking strokes gained around the green, strokes gained scrambling. He's like within, I believe he's between 120th and 140th. Keep in mind it's 120th, 40th in the world, but you know you need you need a higher caliber player in this rough. Um, so my first one unit matchup is Patrick Reed over Patrick Cant. The Battle of the Patricks at minus 118. I like that a lot. I like that a lot, Jazzy. It is it is very painful to bet Patrick Reed. Patrick betting Patrick Reed for the Ryder Cup is always fun though. I like Captain doing America. that. I like doing that. All right, I'm going to switch. I'm going to hold on to one of my matchups really quick. And I want to talk about a couple of flyers for outrights this week. Uh, We already talked about Mackenzie Hughes once. I'm going to throw a little sprinkle on that. Mackenzie Hughes at 110 to 1 to win the tournament outright. I think he's one of the best putters on tour. I think strokes gained putting. He's top 10, I believe, on tour. I could be wrong there, Jazz. I don't know. Um, I believe last time I checked he was. If I'm off, I apologize. Uh, But certainly one of the better young players on tour has shown up very well in the FedEx uh, playoffs. Did not make the tour championship, but was oh so close at the BMW. Give him a a week off and let him, well, two weeks off because I don't think he played Safeway. But he'll get right into the U.S. Open. He's been playing well. And like we said, Jasper, a lot of these younger uh, guys who are hungry, who are now getting these opportunities. You know, you said the U.S. Open average win in the last three years was 43 to 1. You know, there's a couple long shots in there. I want to sprinkle and give myself a couple hedge opportunities. I think Hughes has the opportunity to go low this week. And I think at uh, 110 to 1, we like a little sprinkle there. Another guy in that same category, Cameron Champ. Uh, he's also 110 to 1. I'm going to play him as well. He is, again, another guy who's shown up very well in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Has the ability to go low, as we saw in the BMW, was uh, near the top of the leaderboard in round three uh, before having a hellacious uh, Sunday. Camera Champs, one of these guys who can go low, and if he can find it in a field like this where people are going to be bogey machines and he can get hot and fire a low round, 
Uh, at 110 to 1, I like that as well. And then my last really big long shot, I'm going to take Kevin Kisner, who I've been on pretty steadily these last few weeks. Uh, I just really like the way he plays. Uh, a real grinder, hits fairways, hits greens, grinds pars. You know, not the flashiest golfer, but at a golf course like this, you don't need to be. You just need to hit it straight. You need to make pars. 90 to 1, he's had, I think, three top fives. Uh, in his last 10 starts, I believe, something like that. Yeah. He's playing really, really well. So all of those guys, you know, 110, 110, and 90 to 1. If you take .1 units, so if each unit is $100, $10, it's going to pay, you know, 110. It's going to pay uh, .1 is going to pay 11 units. Um, and point nine, uh, .1 on 90 is going to pay 9 units. So can't beat that. Yeah, I mean... Low risk, high reward. Yeah, a couple of flyers, you know, hopefully we can you use them for a hedge spot on Sunday. Uh, a little, you know, a little sprinkle on some of the bigger guys. I know I had seven outrights. The reason I like to have a, a little more outrights is I want to put some sprinkles on some real long shots. And hopefully, you know, it has happened before. I believe you hit ZJ at the British did, for what, yeah. 125 yeah, to was, 1? Uh, yeah, exactly. I was, uh, that was probably one of my first big hits yeah. running around the office. <laughs> So. Um, yeah, so one, I'll, I'll jump right into okay. another matchup or two, pretty much hanging on your Mackenzie Hughes train. I took Mackenzie Hughes over Corey Connors at uh, plus odds, plus 105. And like you said, I mean, he's right now the hottest putter on tour. Um, talk of the town as far as, uh, you know, 60-plus footers. And I mean, given the track we're on this weekend, if you can lag him up there, you're going to be okay. You know, with these rectangular greens, all the undulation, you know, if you got a guy who's got a hot putter, um, that's what you're really looking for. Um, my next play, Chez Reavy. I'm taking Chez over Ooh. Phil. Ooh. At minus, yeah, at, at minus 106. Okay. Um, Phil, you know, I, I do like the lefty aspect off the tee. I just haven't seen enough from him. Um, to really warrant me thinking he's going to go deep at Wingfoot. Um, I like the storyline. Uh, you know, it would be pretty cool to have Phil in the mix on Sunday, given what happened in 2006. I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to talk about always the bride, never the bridesmaid. There's no better example than Phil at the U.S. Open. Was it six, six second, second place? And he can count. So, yeah, I'm taking Chez Reavy over Phil, minus 106 for a half unit. My last matchup is going to be Martin Keimer over Jordan Speed. Okay. Um, Keimer, you know, has won the U.S. Open. He's actually been playing pretty damn good on the European Tour. Um, he was the favorite two weeks ago, and I believe has finished top ten twice. Um, there is a correlation to me between the Euro Tour and what's going to be playing, you know, what the conditions are going to be like this week. Um you're going to get like 10 to 15 mile an hour winds, but it's going to be chilly, man. It's going to be cold um, with possible rain on Friday. So, you know, I, I like the correlation there. And then, you know, the other side of the coin is it's Jordan Speed. What the hell has Jordan Speed done in the last two years? Squadoosh. Exactly. I mean, you got a guy who's constantly has wayward drives, um, which is going to be the death of you at this course. And, you know, if he if this was Jordan Spieth of old, he'd be up there with the Mackenzie Hughes, draining 50-footers all day. Um, so, yeah, my, my last uh, matchup is Martin Keimer over Jordan Spieth. Jordan? All right. I like that a lot. Spieth has not played well for a couple of years now. 
you know, what do you have? His last win at the Travelers, and he really hasn't done much since. It's really a shame, to be honest with you. He was great. It sucks, because I loved him. When I mean, he was winning he, two Masters, two U.S. Opens, he was a monster. Dude, his British Open win was wild. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. All right. So I do have one more matchup as well. I'm going to take the Aussie, Jason Day, minus Ooh, 125 like versus Billy Horschel. Jason Day is first on the tour this year in strokes gained around the green. I think this is going to be very, very big at a course like this. I almost took Jason Day on an outright. I did not think the odds were good enough, given everybody else. But I did see a matchup I liked. Billy Horschel has played well, made the Tour Championship, had a good run. Uh, for sure, I think Jason Day is a little bit better form here. And I think how straight he's been hitting the ball. He had that... He had a, that 66 to end the PGA. He had a fourth place in Memorial earlier this year. He's got, I think, three or four top fives this year. But his form, especially since the restart, has been really, really good. Uh, kind of like Tony, where he's you know been up on the leaderboard a lot, but hasn't really made that real big press for first other than the PGA. Horschel uh, has played well, like we said, down the stretch. But I think Day's touch around the green is going to help him. And at minus 125, we will play another full unit. So 1.25 units to win one. Uh, both matchups were to win one unit. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where we're going there for, for the props and the matchups today. Jazzy Doodles. Jazz, give me a little recap of what we've got so far. I'm uh, you, You're writing all you this got, down, correct? So you have, yeah. So on the outrights, I see you got DJ, Kiz, Champ, and Hughes so yep. far. Got three more. You got Finau over Fowler and Day over Horschel. Yep. And your two props are Hughes, top Canadian, and no made cut. That's right. That is right. Okay. What do you have, Jess? So, Give me what yeah, you have. And I, we both have the DJ safety net. Um, I got the Reed over Cantlay at minus 118. Keimer over Spieth at a pick'em. Hughes over Connors. Revy over Mickelson. And I have the prop at plus 250 of a winning margin of one stroke. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So how many more outrights do you have? I have three. So I just have, I have three outrights left. Okay. Um, one is a half unit play. Ooh. One is a one unit play. And then I have a one and a half unit play that I am excited about. Whoa, Nelly. See, I don't have any, I don't have any real big plays left for my outrights. I'll give you. I'll give you a couple more. I'll I'll go from the top and kind of work my way down to my lowest odds. Let's hear him. Uh, I've got Tyrrell Hatton at forty to one. As do I. Okay, perfect. So here, I'll As let you take I. the floor on him. I think he's just striking the ball beautifully right now. His yeah, iron I, play has been know, fantastic. As I said, he kind of plays into that European quarter correlation with what the weather is going to be like. The guy is a grinder, you know, and he's won, he won the Arnold Palmer. It's a big tournament. The guy showed that he can win on a big stage. So, yeah, I, I like Hatton a lot. He's been playing some awesome golf. Yeah, his iron play, I think, if you can put the ball in the fairway, I think he has the ability to really knock it close here. And God forbid he makes birdie, but uh, par is always a good score here. So I have Tyrrell Hatton. I'm going to risk, risk. I am going to risk 0.2 units on Tyrrell Hatton. 0.2 will get me back. What? I don't even know. 0.2 times 40 is what, five units? I'll take that all day long. Point two to win five. Jazzy, give me your next one. My next one. So we both have Hatton. 
Yep. My one unit play is at 35 to one Patrick Reed. Ooh. Um, okay. The guy's 14th in the world strokes gain scrambling from inside 30 yards, which, you know, is going to come into play a lot around these greens. He's 21st overall in strokes gained around the green 12th overall strokes gained putting probably had the hottest putter at the tour championship outside. You know, he played extremely well these last few weeks. He's figured out his driver um, inside hundred yards, 60th green and regulation. Um, he was first in driving accuracy at the tour championship, second in stroke gained putting and fourth in ball striking. So the guy's in great form coming into this. Um, our boys over at the uh, UK betting or uh, UK golf betting system had this little nugget that I don't think I could have found myself. Patrick Reed in the New York area, 2014 ninth at Ridgewood, a Tillinghouse design. Uh-huh. 2016 first at the Barclays at Bethpage, another Tillinghouse design. Didn't he win Liberty National? 2017 13th at the PGA Championship at Baltusrol. 2019, first at the North Northern Trust at Liberty National. So we have two Tillinghouse designs. He's coming into one. He's made over $4 million in New York. <laughs> the guy loves the metro area, baby. He loves he New York. Loves New York. So Patty so Reed. Is, yeah, I'm doing a full unit wow. on Patrick to... Reed in the U.S. Open that would at be 35 to 1. That would be tasty to pull 35 units down. That's what we're here for. We got to make these people some money. Yeah. Hey, I don't hate it at all. And you know, if you're hungry for money, I've got something uh, to fill you up. And what goes better to fill you up than a Daniel Burger at Ooh. 33 to 1? You like D- that, Jazz? He's straight vibing. DB is straight vibing. He is absolutely crushing it right now. Still does not have a master's invite, which is lunacy. And I think he legitimately has a monster chip on his shoulder right now. He is, if you look at all of his strokes gained for the season, he's I think he's top 30 in everything. Uh, total strokes gained, he's 6th. Um, around the green, he's 28th. Off the tee, 27th. Putting, he's 17th. Tee to green, 15th. He is just an absolute monster. Tee to green. The driver's playing well. The irons are well. The putter. He already has a victory this year. One, what is it, the Charles Schwab he won? Yep. Yeah, so DB straight vibing, and I think at 33 to 1, I like those odds a whole lot to see if he can vibe his way to his first major championship and rightfully an invite to Augusta in November. The thought of Daniel Berger not at Augusta is just blasphemy. Can you picture if he wins the U.S. Open and then still doesn't go to the Masters? They have to invite him at that point. He should just go and give the D-Generation X suck it to the U.S. (laughs) to everybody on Him and his caddy are just him and Shawn Michaels and Triple H. We got two words for (laughs) you. That would be... I I love the DB pick. Thank you. Actually, you know what's funny? In in our last pod, I I had mentioned I like DB straight vibing and I did not play him. Hmm. Um, But again... Doesn't start till Thursday. There's there's always time. There's, there's always, time. always time. Follow him at at Jasper Lieberman. He may tweet out more golf plays. Oh, I'm sure I will. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. So I'm down to my last play. I got one. I got one out right left too. I have the big boy. So one and a half here. Fifteen wow. to one. Fifteen to. Oh, I know 15. where this is going. Wow, that's a lot of units. It's a lot of units. It's one and a half of them. Okay. Yeah. I got a hundred of them. I'll just run through a little stat sheet here. Seven of the last 10 U.S. Open winners were first-time major winners. This gentleman has not won a major. Yep. The last four Open winners did not have a win during their last season. He did not win. 
2019. At the Tour Championship, had it started all even, he would have won. He would have beat DJ and JT, shooting 15 under. He is currently 15th in total driving. He is top 20 in scrambling from under 30 yards. He is top 30 in strokes gained around the green and putting. And his last three U.S. Opens, and by last I mean the only three he has played in, he has finished 6th, 5th, and last year 3rd. I'm talking, of course, about Xander Schauffele. X gonna give it to you, X X gonna give it to you. Give it to you, baby. I am riding this kid to the bank this weekend. I just, his, him at the Tour Championship with some ballsy golf. He's in great form, obviously. Oh, yeah, shot the low round. To your, you know, telling. But he's due, man. This guy plays well on the big stage. He's always in the mix in majors. And like I said, last three U.S. Opens, he's been in the top seven. It's it's happening, and now is the time. So Xander Schauffele at 15 to 1, wow. I am laying 1.5 units. You know, the argument you made is very compelling, and I can see why you're on Xander Schauffele, but that same argument could also be made for Tony Finau, and I like his odds at a whole lot better at 40 to 1 than I do at Shoffley at 15. But that's yeah, just me. I, I just well, see better. But here's the thing. Xander. Here's the thing. Xander could actually win. There's actually no chance Tony wins. Yeah, I, listen. <laughs> Not trying to light <laughs> money on fire. Um, I just, yeah, I just love golf that I'm seeing out of Xander is, is at a much higher tier than what Finau's putting out. You know, Finau, listen, we're seeing him outside of that PGA Championship, which you and I talked Sunday. We knew there was no shot. No shot. No shot. No we shot. both had him. We both had tickets. Were we right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with, with Finau is, like, you see him in the mix in these kind of middle-tiered PGA events. Xander is, is a big-game hunter. He's, He's a almost hoss. To me, I mean, obviously I can't make this comparison because he hasn't won one yet. But he reminds me of a Brooks where every major, he's he's there. He's in the hunt on Sundays. And it's bound to happen. It's 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 just something that it reminds me, and I pray to God he does not end up like this guy. But it reminds me of how I was always saying it's bound to happen. And then Ricky Fowler just never did anything. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, so, yeah. You know, I, I'm just, I'm putting my chips in Xander's, uh, in Xander's corner, and we'll see how it goes. It's not the worst idea in the world, Jasper. All right, my last pick, outright winner at 17-1. to 1, I'm going to take Colin Morikawa for .3 units. Morikawa has... Back to back. Oh, I, so here's the thing. He's he's playing well. He's His iron play, he's one of the best long iron players on tour. Uh, and I think being able to play long irons here could be very effective, especially if he's in the rough trying to get to that approach shot, like you said, guys. You know, scrambling from 75 to 100 areas like that. I think Colin is definitely going to be one of those guys who can find a way to hit it straight. Excuse me. Whew. Uh, to get it in the fairway consistently. And I think his iron play is going to allow him to find the green, make pars, and keep this gravy train rolling. We know he can win a major because he just won one at 17 to 1. I'm going to sprinkle a .3 unit play. Not very big at all. Uh, not a whole lot of juice for the outrights this week. Um, it could be very tasty. Uh, Colin at 17 to 1.03, uh, 0.3 units, uh, to win whatever that would get me. Uh, I'm whatever math is. I like both of our cards right now. I do too, actually. Yeah. I'm interested to see where we end up. Are you, I will be keeping this spreadsheet. 
Yes, I'm we'll have to tweet it out. I'm it on Mondays, and I will be posting both the plays on Wednesdays and the results on Mondays. Jazz, we're going to have to get a two-man scramble Twitter. Listen, I'm all in on two-man scramble. We're in. This is the best. We are certainly scrambling, if you couldn't tell. We have no idea it's what us. we're doing. It's us. This is what we do. <laughs> we like talking about golf. We scramble. We don't know what's happening. Uh, it's a lot of fun here. Jazz, before we let you go, my favorite part about betting golf is live betting golf on Sunday. What are your favorite opportunities to live bet golf? Just for everybody, it's just like a, a general, you know, when do you look to live bet if you can live bet? Because I plan on, you know, not having as many outrights. I do have seven outrights, but they're very small plays. I like to dive in probably, you know, round two and even round three, take a couple of flyers. As far as live betting, a lot of the times I'm doing it is hopefully when I'm in a position to hedge to guarantee myself some money, it always was um, the best. which can absolutely happen given you got yourself Hughes and Champ and Kiz at 90 to 1. You know, if one of them is sitting in second or third, you got an opportunity there to make some money. Um, I, I also love uh, taking a look at, you know, not necessarily live betting, but, you know, Thursday, Friday, you see how that course is playing. And then going into the round three, round fours, and playing, you know, the over-unders on uh, their scores. I mean, you could see guys that are trending low. If, the, if Vegas has a line at, let's say, like a 68 and a half, and it's a par 70, sprinkle a little. Have some fun. And then you got somebody to ride that day. I like it. I like it a lot. I like doing that as well. Yeah, see how the course plays. That's always fun. Last question, Jasper. What is the final score this week? Final score this week at Wingfoot will be posted by Xander Shoffley. And it will be? And it will be three under. Oh, wow. Okay, so I don't think anybody's going to be over under par. You don't think anybody? I think the finishing score is I think two. we'll get about six guys under is, uh, my, is my guess. I think the winner will be... Ooh, this will be fun. You know, give, me, give us Tyrrell Hatton. I think Tyrrell Hatton... Oh, I love it. Tyrrell Hatton at two over ships it. Carol Hatton at two. You know what's you know what's funny is if if over par is winning, he is a guy I could see doing it. Getting getting saucy with the boys. Yeah, I could see him doing it. I love all it. Right. Well, yeah, two. All right, so we got a five stroke differential there. I like it. It could be fun here. I'm excited for it. We'll see who's closer. Every week, Jazzman. Uh, this is this has been our U.S. Open podcast. We. If we were to, I want to do this at the end of every podcast. This will be the, the send-off here. What do we score for our two-man scramble today? If par is, we'll say par is 72. What, what would you give our opening round score for episode one of two-man scramble? Okay, so let's, uh, let's, all right. Winged foot is a par 70. Oh, so we'll do that. We'll do it so, out of. Yeah, so we'll do it for the course. Par 70. And when we say two-man scramble, we're talking you and I in a, like a full scramble format. We play the best of our two shots. Yep. Okay, so then the question is, what do I shoot at wing foot this weekend <laughs> in one round? And to that, I would say, if you were to contribute at least 10 strokes. I think I could do putts, 10. You know, some lag putts here and there. Oh, I'm a good putter. I know you are a good putter, but I don't think either of us have played a course the likes of Wingfoot. No, just so um, everybody knows, Jasper, what is your handicap? A six, a seven? I'm yeah, six point two right now. Yeah, I'm like a twenty-eight, so it's so it's I a hoot would and a half. Say we would shoot about a, I'd say a one oh five. 
105. It's not necessarily double bogey golf, but it's close. Yeah, I'd probably say like 98 to like 102. I I don't think so. <laughs> I'll say 102. I think you're at 98, you're asking a lot of me, Zella. One, no, 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 no. I think I can I think I can get Well, here's the thing. I'm going to be able to free will it, grip it and rip it every time off the drive. And if I just run into one, a couple well, the you, thing is this course this course favors a draw, not a zelly hook. Yes, I do have a pretty hellacious hook. Not uh not the so good. So we'll We're put also it down. playing from the tips, right? Oh yeah, you have to play from the tips. Then it might be a one fifteen. <laughs> Who knows? That'd be fun. Our two man scramble at Wingfoot. We project a one fifteen. Boys and girls, thank you so much for joining us. Episode one. Two man scramble. Books, baby. Best a, weekend of the year. Here we come. A Better Edge podcast production. Please check out the boys, betteredge.com. They've got some awesome subscriptions soccer, NFL. We're going to get some golf stuff up too, hopefully, in the very near future. Check them out. Check us out. Thank you guys so much. Hit that subscribe button. Hit it all. Smash, 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 smash. We'll see you guys next time.